0: All right, guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of uh, 100 Books A Year with Kevin. Um, Today, let's talk about doctors and nutrition. Before we dive in, right? uh, I think I mentioned to you guys, uh, Robert, the book's author, is very, very critical about doctors. And uh, I I am a little too, to be honest. But uh, I just want to say before we dive in, I have tremendous respect for people that can goes through medical school to be in school for that long and then wanted to become a doctor. I wanted to become a doctor as well when, when I was little, but that did not pan out. But I still have a lot of respect for the doctors. So let's, let's just treat this conversation as um, kind of a hybrid conversation or a more specific conversation towards nutrition. My goal here is not to just badmouthed doctors all around the world, but we're trying to take an institutional crack at it, if you make sense, right? Like, talk about how the system is being built up. So, um, we had a little conversation about insulin yesterday. So, um, author Robert Lusick, he actually uh, was pre-med in college. He's actually uh, majored in nutritional biochemistry. And, He, he said that when he went to uh, med, uh, medical school, he unlearned it all and then he had to relearn it after medical school. So and so what that mean is like doctors they don't really have that much information or they don't really know that much information about nutrition if they don't learn it themselves, right And, and an example of that would be let's say doctors want patients to eat as much carb as possible, right? then the sole purpose of that would just be to cover it with insulin intake, right? And that was the very messed up thing to think about from previously. And the author Robert argued that, hey, like increased refined carbs in kids, you know, like it, it, it's not really that good. And it, it can have serious long-term health spend, uh, crisis related to that. And in 2019, America Diabetes Association, the ADA, finally have something on their website about low carbs, right? as if they're like, I don't know, 70 years late. So another example of this would be calorie counting, right? So we tend to think that, hey, a calorie is a calorie. Um, This is like the classic medical school teaching they say, hey, if you want to lose weight, you want to eat 200 calorie, and then you want to work out, and then you want to dispense 300 calorie. Right? That's kind of how you will lose lose weight. So the fallacy about this particular thinking model is we treat calorie the same every single time that we count them, which is not right, right? Um, Robert said that you can eat as many sugar as you want, as much sugar as you want it doesn't turn into fat and then you know you are, you are good, right? And that relates to how to prevent getting fatter and then with calorie counts and whatnot. The truth is, is our body, we sort of um, absorb different substances differently. For example, let's talk about sugar processing in the liver. So according to Robert, um, we, only 20% of the glucose gets absorbed by the liver. So we talked about a couple days ago, and liver is the most important organ in the whole body in terms of predicting and preventing metabolic disease, this is the same thing. Where 20% of the glucose gets absorbed by the liver, the other 80% is actually getting absorbed by the entire body, right? And in contrast, fructose, which is artificial sugar ingredient or in sodas, 100% of them has to be processed by the liver. So this is what we mean by that, right? Like, like a calorie of glucose is going to be digested differently than a calorie of fructose. So again, right? They will, if we have a high fructose intake it's gonna to lead to fat around the liver and it's, it's gonna to lead to bad metabolic health, and then obese people are really eating too much, and then they deserve to be, to have issues. That is completely wrong, right? The amount of eat food that you intake has nothing to do with whether you become fat or not. Like I said, a calorie in doesn't really equal calorie out. So after giving you guys a couple examples, right, let's talk about this. Should we even trust our doctors, like should we? really like trust them as the patients or as someone that uh trying to live longer and live healthier um the answer is this is is it's it's kind of a debatable topic <laughs> right um according to robert which i i want to say i don't agree with him but he is you know like writing a book but he's saying that the doctors is the major sponsor for big pharma to push your products, to push your medicine. Um, He even goes so far as uh, thinking the doctors are the sheep (laughs) in the whole uh, medical environment where um, doctors, they really follow other doctors to make diagnosis because if they follow the guidelines, then they're going to get a bad evaluation for uh, their practice, right? Or what Robert called health grades and um, the hospital board might take away their practicing privileges. So doctors, they're really having a hard time to listen to patients because they have so many patients to see every day, right? You get 10 minutes per patient. You don't even really have time to talk about their lifestyle choices, right? And the kicker about nu- nutrition is that the the reason doctors don't like to talk about them because they don't know them. <laughs> That's just what, what Robert is saying. So in the medicine, uh, in the medical school's curriculum, uh, he argues that twenty percent of the med school uh, curriculum has at least a little bit of new, new, nu- 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 like nutrition in them. So one in five medical school in the whole nation even have a nutritional curriculum. And on average, an average doctor has about 19 hours of nutritional training for the entirety of a full years of medical school. If you're gonna go, you know, practice a very a special kind of medicine, then, you know, it's like 19 hours out of like 20 years or 10 years of school. So, a doctor cannot really give out nutritional advice because they never learn it. That is what Robert is saying. And, they they are continuing to kind of corrupted by the food companies and the big pharma, according to Robert, because the focus of the medical school is really treatment, right? Developing drugs, devices, procedures, and they make money for the doctors, for the hospital, for the medical company, and big pharma companies as well. Like, why would some doctors, if you think about it, right? I think this is a great example. Why would your doctor recommend some vegetables that cost you like 10 cents a day where they can prescribe you a $10 per day drug to quote unquote treat it, right? So according to Robert, right, the medical school system is training profit puppies for for the big company, for the big pharma and for the big food. And I was like, oh my God, that that actually makes sense, right? So because of that, like till this day, I think Joe Rogan mentions that in his podcast as well. Like it's absurd that we don't have a unilateral agreement on what is a healthy diet for human beings. It's been like, like how long has the modern medicine been invented? Like like a hundred years ago, right? It's been a century. We still cannot make up our mind what is the best optimal um, diet for humans. And what Robert is trying to accomplish with his book is saying, hey. Trying to stay away from packaging food, from processed food, from uh, high sugar. Uh, We need to protect the liver and feed the gut. That is what this whole book is coming from. Is Doctors don't know what they're talking about. We need to be able to take matters into our own hands and then do it that way. Okay, uh, hopefully you you guys follow that. Like I said, Robert is really, really... What's the term? Gung-ho about the relationship between doctors and big pharma and ph- and you know uh, physicians and doctors and hospitals um, I I tend to agree with him I gotta be honest um, <clears throat> to tell you guys something personal I the more I think about it like as years go by like I decided to not to pursue medicine the better that I feel about it as time goes by the reason is is that um, this is something that I feel like is... What's the term? Um, my my focus on my health. My focus on trying to live longer, longevity. It, you really don't get that through medical school, and then they put you under a lot of stress to train you, come out to be a doctor, a physician. Sure, you have stable income, but you know it's not really a lifestyle that I was after. Um, after decided to not to pursue medicine, but. Uh, in the end, I'm probably biased, right? I, I, no, I am biased about that. So if you're a physician li- uh, listening to this, uh, you can go reach out to Robert and read his book and a debate with him. But uh, this is just my two cents on the situation. All right, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Share with your friends, subscribe to the podcast. And tomorrow, we're going to probably dive into a little bit more uh, health-related stuff. All right, thank you so much. Have a good day.